let's play a game. What were y'all doing tonight? Tell him it was the wife. She was uh she had some cookie exchange or something, so I was on baby duty for the last about three hours. Oh nice. I know how that is, man. She just got home. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've been I, I had a couple of baby duties today myself, but mine's a, a little older. Uh, it's easier and harder to handle actually, but you know, you know how it is, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. been a rough day all around. And then I got a last minute invite to a friend I haven't seen in years and years and years. He is his birthday a couple of days back. And he said, you know, Hey, we're doing this birthday party or rather his wife, who I'm also good friends with. And I had seen a lot of these guys and gosh, I don't know, 10 years, some of them, I think, or at least six, you know. So, that's fun oh man it was awesome yeah and we went we went out to effectively like a benihana's and we drugged the kid right. along and she had a lot of fun and stuff and it was great but yeah it went a little long and i was like no i'm sorry guys but i gotta get out of here but uh the good news is a few of them are probably going to be listening now so that was pretty cool because yeah of course all i have to talk about in my life is you know well i do this podcast and i have a kid because <laughs> that's my life <laughs> but yeah man pretty good so i got a i got a story i guess i'll share um you know your story that you i think got a, I think it was the second or the first second episode where you told me you effectively got um like trash games you were at the dump and like this guy just yeah threw... so doubled my ps2 collection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like man that's that's unreal you know who does that right well i had a similar yeah. i had a similar situation uh i went to my local uh game store uh, just to look around before work, I had all of $10 to my name, and I was, I was pretty happy with it. I, I went in, I actually found a copy of uh, Chibi Robo for like $2 on the uh, DS, and that was a, that's a steal, and I've been looking for that title, so I was already pretty happy coming out of there. And I get my car, and I go to drive off, and I notice, uh, you know, this is night, and I, I'm actually going in around 6 p.m. or something, and uh, I notice on this rock beside the game store is just piled high with game systems right oh god i didn't i didn't stop to i was like you know what even if they are broken i can be stripping various parts from them to fix you know because i have existing broken systems and stuff and i was like i gotta get these things right so i i just you know obviously the store didn't want them for whatever reason because this is a good 20 feet from the store itself so my thought was someone tried to sell these and they either looked broken or something else was wrong with them and uh, they didn't want to haul them back to their house so they threw them out here again it was very dark so I grabbed them up. It ended up being uh, two PlayStations. There was a GameCube, a Super Nintendo, and a original toaster NES, right? And wow. I just Yeah. I just throw them all in the back of my car, and I was just like, hell yeah, score, you know. Even though I've got all those systems in multiples already uh -huh. for free. I mean, whatever. So I get to work, and I get them into the light, and I open up the PlayStation first because why not? You know, one of the PlayStations, there's two of them. And literally, there was a live roach inside the disk drive. Oh. And I was like, oh, here we go. And immediately, I knew the situation because I could see in the light these things were 
fucking disgusting. It looked like they had been in a dump for a long time. But the good news is, as far as the older systems go, uh, with a little TLC, you can almost, I mean, you could take a shit on them every day for a month and then uh, you clean them up and they'll work again. The, the cartridge-based systems for the most part. The disc systems, not as much because the lenses are finicky and whatnot. So I looked at that PlayStation and the other one I didn't even bother opening. I think I did open it to check whether or not there was a game inside. And I was just like, nope. And I tossed those in the trash and it just not worth my time for original playstation uh to try and even mm-hmm. get them to start and then the gamecube i opened it up it had a copy of a uh, spyro enter the dragonfly so already score right so free game yeah, yeah. uh it's disgusting too and then the the ones i was really concerned with were the super nintendo and the nintendo uh so i spent you know i've got various amounts of downtime at work this particular day i had quite a bit so i i cleaned them up i had a lot of different cleaning products at work i was actually using a combination of bleach and uh like toilet cleaner like comet with a toothbrush because uh-huh. i always keep a toothbrush in my car because you know i eat a meal and sometimes i need to brush my teeth whatever so i sacrificed my my work toothbrush to be able to like clean in all the nooks rinse and crannies it, yeah. and yeah oh yeah rinse it reuse it no i threw it away but um <laughs> Clean, clean it all up, and it, it really, you know, I'll send you pictures if you're interested. It went from being just utter trash to looking brand spanking new, um, looked great and everything, and uh, brought them home, cleaned them up a little bit more, and I got the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo working. They work perfectly. Oh. Um, the GameCube, I couldn't get to work. I ended up just, I was like, hey, you know what? It's just like the original PlayStation, GameCubes are worthless because the Wii can play all the GameCube games, the PS2 can play all the PlayStation games. <laughs> and there's just a million billion of them out there. So neither none of those were worth my time. But basically, I got an extra free NES and an extra free SNES, which is kind of nice because the Super Nintendo I've got is finicky as fuck. Um, it mm-hmm. looks great and it works, but you have to turn it off and on to get it to like work with certain games and stuff. And this one's just right off the bat working and stuff. So I was really, really stoked to, to have that in my now collection. And then, uh, the wife got me something pretty cool too, for, uh, my birthday video game related. She picked me up, uh, a atomic purple N64 complete in its box. Uh, wow. Nice. Yeah. For my birthday. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Cause I didn't. My N64, I've got my, I have one and she has one. So technically I had two. Now I have three. Um, mine isn't boxed. And I was like, this is awesome because now I can display it. And then a couple days later, she's like, well, I got you something else. And I was like, oh, what is it? And it's an empty box for the model that I already had. And I was like, what the hell, man? And she was like, well, I bid on both and I couldn't believe I got them for the price I did. She actually got them for next to nothing. And uh, it was really cool. So now I've got two boxed. In 64s, and I, I literally, my room is just so packed full of shit, dude. <laughs> Good. I guess, I guess, man. But other than that, not a lot video game related going on. I mean, I've just been playing the hell out of this game, man. So, anything. This is a, this, this is a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Any Anything you want to get off your chest before we get into the game proper? Oh, gosh. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty solid. Uh, I mean, I just started my winter break, so this, this is nice. Nice time of year. Nice, dude. Uh, two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Get to relax. I don't know. Not a whole lot going on. Video game clubs chugging along. We got uh, two weeks going. We got Smash Brother on one. Then I scored on, I bought like, for like $5, I got all these just random like Wii beach games and Wii sports and Wii, I don't know, all kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff. Stuff that can be played with like one one or two controllers and like you know four plus people can play, so that's nice. I got my PS2 hooked up with 
uh, this old Sonic collection, and then one of my students just donated an Xbox 360 to the club. So we oh, got nice. we got we got four TVs and well, one projector and three TVs. So we got uh, some fun going on every Thursday at lunch. Wow. Yeah. If you need any systems, let me know. I've I've got a couple extra laying around and stuff. I can send your way. If you need any particular system, just say, hey, we don't have one of these, and if I have an extra, I'll send it your way, man. If you, if you come across a Wii U. A Wii know. U. Well, if I come across a Wii U, that's going to my collection first. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's why I'm... <laughs> I don't have one yet. I, I am looking to get that now that it's on the way out and they're not making games for it anymore. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's... I've been I've been eyeing a few on Amazon. I'm trying, I don't know when I'm going to make my my move, but that, that, that system can play, you know, Smash Brothers can have eight players at once, and that'd yeah, be really cool yeah. for the club to just have a shit ton of people just going bananas. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Sure, yeah, but not, not much else, man. Just uh, yeah. hanging out. Yeah, I was playing um, some games with Caroline this morning. That was video game related. She's whatever it is, man. You know, like I've tried a hundred different games with her. You know, kid games and and racing games and stuff. And they hold her attention for a little while. But the game she loves, which I kind of embarrassed, the the one she likes to play the most is a uh, Sonic. Um, Spinball or Sonic uh, oh, 3D yeah? for the Saturn. Same game on the Saturn. It's a lot better looking. But yeah, she played the hell out of it on that Ultimate Genesis collection. You know, I let her play all the different games on there for a little while, and and she just is loves that Sonic Spinball, and or not Spinball, but whatever it's called, Sonic 3D it's, or whatever. It's spinball. Well, there's two. There's two games. There's 3D and there's Spinball. Okay, it's 3D then. Yeah. And, okay. um, and it's also on the Saturn and I have a copy of it there. So because I have the Saturn hooked up for, uh, uh-huh. the playing, you know, uh, shining force three, which is the game we're playing this month or reviewing this month rather. Um, I popped that in and, you know, it was all new graphics. It's, it looked real sharp compared to the, uh, Genesis version. It has like full orchestral music and stuff. And yeah, she just was playing that for hours and had a lot of fun with that. And then we tried to play some uh, Little Big Planet 2, which she really liked the aesthetic of it, but it was a little because there's a lot of, uh, on the tutorials and stuff, there's a lot of reading and everything, and I was trying to help her with it, but she's really hands-on, likes to try and learn stuff herself, and it got kind of frustrating after maybe 30 minutes, so we didn't play much of that. But yeah, a lot of Sonic Spinball today, so that was my baby duties actually playing video games with my kid, which is kind of cool, so can't complain there. That's, uh, that's a cool way to spend your day. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyway, um, hello and welcome to Is It Worth It, the podcast where we talk about whatever the F we want, but usually video games uh, that are worth a lot of money and then or, or not a lot of money, and then we tell you whether or not we feel as though it's worth it from a collector's standpoint. Hi, I am your host, Blaine J, and with me, as always, co-host James Milholland. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. This And uh, spoilers, I mean, not really. We've been talking about this game a while, right, off and on. Uh, we were supposed to do it last month. We took an extra month. I could literally play this game another month, James. I don't know about you. Um, man. I'm I, having a great time. Um, it's so good, right? we, we got to get further into it. But yeah, I have a lot to say about this game, so let's get into it. Wherever, wherever you want to pick up. But, yeah, we, we started playing it. And then I, I'll tell you what, man. At first, I was... I was uh, what's the word i had trepidations i was leery of playing this title because i have such 
a love for Shining Force 1 and 2, and they kind of shit on me a little bit with the subsequent Shining titles that I've played. You know, like Shining CD um, for the Sega CD, as good as it is, is really inferior to the Genesis ports uh, for a number of reasons. Still a good game, but kind of inferior. And then the next one I played after that, I skipped 3 entirely because at the time I didn't have a Saturn. And I went to whatever it was on the PlayStation 2. I think there was like Shining Force EXA or Shining something. That's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, Shining Shining Tears was okay. I got into it for a little while, and then it got kind of tedious. And then, you know, every other Shining game that I popped in, I'm just like, no. You know, Shining in the Darkness, yeah, fine. That's back in the day. But, like, it's just progressively gotten worse, and now it's more or less forgotten. I don't think there's been a game come out for the Shining series for a number of years, right? Um, so I, I was already leery of it, and I'd seen it uh, at a friend's house when I was younger. And it... Uh, it, it suffers from the problem of early 3D graphics, right? Um, if anything... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, if, if I have any real complaints... Excuse me, I'm kind of moving here. Um, about the game, it's it's the way it looks. You know, like some of the some of the images in battle especially are like comical. You know, my wife walked in, me, uh, walked in on me a few times playing this game and she was like, what the hell are you playing? What are those graphics? Of course, keep in mind, she's used to modern day stuff and then like super nintendo and really hadn't played a whole lot of the 3d era early stuff um, a little bit like mario kart and stuff some of the higher end stuff but so i was like no it actually looks pretty good for the most part the sprite work is really good and stuff but there was some real comical stuff like those flying bats are hilarious they look like a muppet um mm-hmm. other stuff like that you know minor minor things that i was like and eh. the only other thing that i can really complain about is um the map itself is kind of reminiscent of like a Breath of Fire 3 or 4, um, where it's not really 3D, but it is kind of 3D. Um, I don't know what you call that. And then you on this one, though, you can rotate it fully, unlike Breath of Fire, where you can only rotate it like That's what I was going to point out. Is like, I like how you can rotate 360 degrees yeah. around the character. You can see like everything going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is supposed to be very like cartoony. I don't think they wanted to leave like Shining Force, Shining Force uh, One and Two's you know, cartoon feel. Right. So they want, they didn't want to go like realistic. Like I think a lot of groups are trying to push yeah. way too early. Raider and things like that. They were they knew they weren't going to get there. They're going to stay with the cartoon feel, but go three dimensional before probably it was time for that were out but that's what everyone was doing at the time so why not yeah i i kind of feel like that was the one mistake of this game uh was that they they jumped on the bandwagon and were like hey we got to make this 3d you know um but they they did a pretty good job of it uh, i did have some trouble early on walking in and out of uh houses and such just because like in order to like search anything in this game or to walk in a door you have to be pretty much dead on um and, and yeah. you get used to it you, you do, but um, it gets it gets old, but then you get kind of used to it. You know, it took me a good two, three hours before I was like, all right, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. And then I was like, man, this yeah. game is so fucking good, right? I mean, we're going to just be gushing about this game throughout, but it's effectively like any other Shining Force title um, where, you know, you start off as the, uh, the hero that doesn't say a lot, you know. And there's this big story revolving around your king that gets in the very beginning he gets uh 
doppelgangered or whatever uh-huh. and shenanigans happen and then it just it unfolds from there but the beauty of the story with without getting in it, into it too much honestly because like right now i'm on chapter five or at the end of chapter four beginning of chapter five one or the other which is pretty far into the game um but uh it it unfolds kind of slowly but it's huge and it's massive and it's actually three different stories three different perspectives of the same story and it can change depending on who you recruit and who you let die and all this. It's really innovative for its time. Like games like didn't exist. This is like, I want to say this is pre Sukoden, which is the first game I knew of that really did this kind of stuff. It may have came after Sukoden, but it would have been right around the same time. Um, mm. I don't, I, I don't maybe know. I a little it was after. Yeah, it may have been. This just came out place. This is this is PlayStation One era. So yeah, Correct. maybe it was. It was. Yeah, maybe on, it was right around the same time. On par, I think. Yeah, this was real late in the Saturn's life. I think this came out in what, like, ninety mm-hmm. five or something, in ninety six. I don't know. Uh, no, I no, played no. it. I played it in ninety seven. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, that might be closer uh, to it. Yeah, I do remember it being on a store shelf when I worked at Walmart, and I was eighteen at the time. So that would put it at ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm an old fuck, guys. What what can I do? Um, oh, yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, it does everything that the first Shining Forces did with better story and then just better mechanics. Because uh, what what's your favorite new mechanic of this game? Because I'll I'll tell you what mine is. I, I'm hoping it's the same. Well, mine. Um, I I like how they put it in, but I feel like they didn't flush it out enough. But when you when two characters attack the same enemy, mm-hmm. um, they start to like establish a relationship. Exactly. Where they yeah. go from being like partners initially, and then they go to like trusted allies. And if you position these characters next to one another, they they get stat bonuses. Right. Exactly. And then, and then it also on the flip side of that, if a character dies, you lose like all that trust. Uh-huh. Or it uh, goes down one level. Down. So it gives you like a, a little bit of an incentive to like keep your characters alive. It's not like Shining Force One and Two, where like you go out and you let it, you know you don't even have a healer in your party because you're gonna let everyone die. Yeah. Gain all your levels you need, and you'll just bring everyone back to life and start over. This is like no, you gotta. You actually have to be more strategic tactics. about it. Exactly. That's the thing. You, you know, one of the things that the first two Shining Force kind of teaches you to do inherently is always walk forward in a checkered board manner. You know, keep those spaces in between your guys yeah. so that yeah. when the mage inevitably walks over to you and you cast Blaze 3 or something, it doesn't, you know, nearly wipe out your entire party. You know, you want them to hit as few people as fucking possible in this game that's still true but it also incentivizes you to keep those guys next to each other because you'll get uh defensive bonuses attack bonuses etc and yeah i believe it's a partner a friend and then trusted ally and when you become trusted with someone the stat bonuses are freaking ridiculous you know you stand next to someone that's trusted on attack and all of a sudden you're hitting for near double what you were hitting before you know or quite a bit more it's like astronomically stronger and then your defense that you'll go from like taking maybe 10 damage from a hit to taking one like literally like that was my main in this game my main tactic was 
uh, Symbios and uh, Dantares, the Centaur Mm -hmm. that you start with, just send them out first because they both have great movement speed and great defense. They've become trusted because they've been next to each other so long and they give each other defense and neither one of them was taking any damage. And you just let everyone jumps on Symbios because if he dies, you have to start over and the AI says to attack Mm -hmm. him first. And you just send those two out and you let them exhaust all their crap on those guys and you send a couple healers behind them and just clean house, man. Um, I will say... Yeah, the system worked. I just wish there was, like... I could have, like, tracked it almost like... A little better, uh, yeah. If, it, if there was... In a bar, you could see how much you're gaining right. and how much you lose cause it's, and when you gain and when you lose because it was... Wasn't it wasn't it's not random. The game knows when to do it, mm-hmm. but I just I wanted more. And then maybe like you get more like numbers on how much your stats are increasing, and not just like yeah they're increased. But, sure. You know, just yeah. What's exactly happening here? I I do agree with that. It was kind of it was neat, but it was kind of left up in the air. Is like okay, exactly how much am I getting? Now they did indicate with a a sword or a shield of what stat it was going to be and then that that, was nice. that image would be bigger or smaller depending on how powerful it was for that person and whenever you're moving with a person and if you could move adjacent to someone you shared a kinship with it would show <laughs> that above their head at the time was that a cat it would also <laughs> been cool if you could have like chosen like which stat you're going to increase Mm-hmm. Just to give you a little more control of your characters and, you know, develop them the way you want to develop them. But a bit more. Yeah. Poor little guy. How's he doing? Oh, you hear him? Yeah. He's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and sister-in-law are taking care of him. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um. One of the things, James, that, you know, I say I'm on... Uh, what did I say? Chapter, I'm at like the beginning of chapter five, right? Which is me too. But yeah, pretty far in the game, really. Like I don't want the listeners to think, Oh, yeah. I don't want listeners to think like, Oh, these guys petered out early on. No, it's like, like you say, it's six chapters. That's pretty far in the game. Now, uh, how long to be? And I'm 18 hours in right now. See, I'm like 30, right? (laughs) And Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I reset a lot, James. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Right. I'm doing like the, doing what the I guys grind. I just, I do it. I do it. I have, I have all kinds of notes. And one thing's here is like, I'm trying to grind, but like mm-hmm. every time I fight someone, I get like four experience and I'm like, I'm not going to spit. And yeah. for those that you don't know, shining force, like you have to, once you get a hundred experience, you gain a level right. resets to zero. So in shining force, like one and two, you kill a character, you're getting like 49 experience to yeah. kill a character. So it's like you gain levels quick. This game, my God, I mean, it's taking forever to you, gain anything. You outpace the modifiers pretty quick, but if you like slack a little bit, then it'll go back up to like gaining 40 per. The key is you have to like use a lot of uh, healing items on each other or healing spells um, because that, those will give you like a base of like 10 or something. So you do that 10 times, you gain a level. Sometimes. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. Like the, the items, I've gotten like one experience point. Like True. I had one guy heal my hero or Symbios. He had mm-hmm. like one HP. So it was like, it was a clutch thing. I thought, oh, I'm going to get at least 10 here. And he got one experience. I'm like, you kidding me? Like, Yeah. Well, he was too been... close to Symbios's level or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that that is. There's a whole calculation that goes on. Where yeah, if your character's too strong and you attack a character, it's too weak. You're getting nothing. And yeah, vice versa. It it, um, it takes doing. But yeah, the the 
but what I was going to say is I, I have a, on my game, it says I've played for about 30 hours. I've actually probably close to 50, I would guess. I've reset so many times. And, and oh, man. the average listener listening to this, if you haven't, if you're interested in Shining Force, if you love the series and you're thinking maybe you're going to play this, if you are the type of person like me, because this is something I can't, I just can't abide by, you have to get everything that you can possibly get. If there are missable items, and it pisses me off to no end, man, because I hate missable items. It's like the stupidest thing RPGs ever did. Uh, I, I like it where they're like, you beat a scenario, you can go do that again. Shining Force 2 did this with a lot of maps where you could refight the same battle um, and get things that you lost or whatever or were missing, you know. In this, once you pass by a town, once you uh, are finished with a battle, you're not ever going back to that battle. Mm-hmm. And there is so many things. Um, some of them I didn't have to reset on. Some of them, like in the fire dragon cave, I got to the very end with a baby dragon, and I noticed there was a treasure chest sitting out in the middle of the fucking lava. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have that Eleanor, the one bird bitch that you have at this point in the game. I didn't have her with me. So I was, I'm just staring at it like, this had better be something fucking good. And I, you know, it is, used, it is. yeah, I used the return spell. I went and got it. It's like a gold dagger or something. It allows symbios to uh, attack with ranged, which is uh-huh. super awesome. I mean, it makes him just, he already is like the best character. And now he can attack from like two squares away. Super awesome. Um, but yeah, they do, they do this new thing in this game where they have these dungeons. You get a map from somewhere. Uh, a sub dungeon, yeah. Yeah, and it's a dungeon within a dungeon. And every time you open this thing up, yeah. some thief appears, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna get the loot first. And okay, that's uh, whatever. And you have to, uh, at first, I think the first one you just have to beat him to the treasure chest. But then, like the subsequent ones, um, and I may be wrong. Maybe the first one's like this too. Uh, you have to let him open the treasure chest, and then attack him, and he'll mm-hmm. drop that item. There was this one, James, where I was like, all right, I went in and I thought that I could open the treasure chest myself. So I did the whole battle and I got it down to just the boss because this is the way I do it. And then I brought everyone in the dungeon because as soon as you're done with the sub dungeon, it destroys it and you can never go back in. And if you let the thief escape, he gets away with all the shit. So I jump in and I kill the thief immediately after having killed everyone else on screen, kill the thief, go to open the treasure chest treasure chest is locked and there's four of them and i was like bullshit and they were all four locked that's bullshit yeah so i i believe i was only successful at those sub dungeons once the rest of the time i tried i got a couple some things and something would happen and the thing would collapse couldn't, couldn't go back and i just say screw it couldn't do it i got every item this. all of them buddy. <laughs> every item and i tell you the way you have to do it is you go in there and you have to uh, there's a staff that you can get um from deals i don't know if it always drops a lot of times in these games like when you buy items from the item seller sometimes randomly after a battle you'll get an item under deals that's a special item and there's a staff that can uh, cause you to be able to cast sleep if you're a wizard and i gave this to uh god what's his name the the gayest wizard Noon? Noon. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. God, his voice acting. Get into that in a second. Gave it to him because he's quick. He has a, for a wizard, he, he can walk really far. And then I'd set the uh, thief asleep, and then I would guard every exit with a different character so he couldn't run out. 
and I would unequip every character so that if they counterattacked, they wouldn't kill him because he's weak as shit. And then I'd let him subsequently wake up, you know, and then he'd go open each treasure chest, and then I would attack him with my mage with, uh, like, the, the weakest mage I had with uh, her staff uh, to where she'd deal, like, one damage, and after each, he would drop an item. So I got all the items in every dungeon this way. Uh, it's <clears throat> tedious as hell. Um, I did the, the first one I had to do three or four times before I realized how to do it because the second time... Uh, after I did, I did it again. I cleared all the enemies on the screen. Then I went into the sub dungeon and, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to attack him after, uh, he opens the first item and, and he opens it up. I attack him. He drops it. And then he attacks me back for some reason, instead of going to the next thing and I counterattack and kill him. And then I was like, oh, this is dumb. Um, and yeah, I had to reset. And so, yeah, this, this kind of stuff happened to me over and over and over, or I had to like warp out because of various things, you know, uh, I'd see, like I said, a treasure chest and warp out, or I'd be like, okay, I don't want him to lose his trust. And I would have to reset because I wasn't very far in the battle. I'm very weirdly anal about this stuff. At one point, James, Mm -hmm. I was, I was around chapter three and I was reading in a guide. I was just like, I don't like missing characters. That's the one thing. Like if I miss an item and it's not too great, I can, I can like, okay, I'm, I can handle that. But if I miss a a full on character, no, 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 no. Um, can't do that. And this game has a lot of fucking missable characters. And I was reading this guide and it said like, God, I can't remember. Azuna? It said, like, Azuna is a character you can get in the caravans or something. Um, Be sure not to miss this powerful warrior. And I was like, no! Uh, Because that was, like, several hours past that point. And then, just, like, I was like, wait a minute. There's a very good possibility this guy's from another country, and the names are different. So I looked it up, and sure as shit, it was Irene. And I'd already had Mm. her. So I was like, oh, thank God. And but like the I, I felt sick to my stomach at first. I was like, oh, okay, because I w- I was gonna reset it. I was gonna just go back three or four hours and just. Thank God you didn't. Yeah, yeah, but man, this game is so good, James. I'm so glad I got an opportunity to play it. Um, I, I speaking I, of characters, I mean, that's I'm glad I mean. they only had yet twenty playable characters, mm-hmm. and I've gotten all of them but that fucking penguin thing. And, <laughs> and you know something. You know by missing Pen that you're missing the other two egg people from discs two and discs three, right? You can't get them if you don't get Pen. Um, I'll go back and play this. Yeah, I'm sure you will. But yeah, uh, if you if you didn't know, listeners, that we only ever got one of three discs for Shining Force three. It was supposed to be Shining Force three, Shining Force three slash two, Shining Force three slash three. There was actually three scenario one, two, three. Three different scenarios, all telling the same stories from different points of view. And depending on what you do, excuse me, uh, in one game, it could affect what characters are playable in other games. Like in Disc yeah. 3, if you play Disc 3 and you don't have Disc 1 and 2 data, Edmund lives. And you can ha- he's actually a playable character. Um, uh-huh. There's no way to do it other than not play Discs 1 and 2. So if you uh-huh. ever want to play as Edmund, you just play Disc 3 right off the bat. Unfortunately, we never got these. They did get translated. There are ways to play them. Um, mm-hmm. But but to you know have a nice physical copy is impossible here in the States. And that is just... A fucking tragedy because the story is awesome the way it unfolds yeah. and it's building and stuff and 
and some of these but characters. I love how you can see how they weave in uh-huh, and out. Exactly. Like, playing this game, it asks you to name three characters, and those are the characters that star in scenario one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. This one's Symbios. Um, the third uh, scenario is Julian, and the second guy, Medion or something like that, yeah. I believe. And you see Medion a lot. You and like he you saves were, you a lot. Republic, he's part of the Empire, and you're there's a lot of tension between the two. So yeah, you're doing one thing. You see him appear, and he says like, "I'll go this way, you go that way." So you can tell like, "Oh, in the disc two scenario two, you're gonna you know battle yeah, exactly. that way." So you play together. In this one, you get to play as the third guy, Julian. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but I I felt like the enemies like targeted him just as much as they targeted my symbiote. They absolutely do. Like, yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. obviously um, a main character. Like right off the bat, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he has his own music. He carries a sword, and he has as magic. He has the return spell, which is the staple for every main character of every Shining Force game. And it was like, okay, this guy's important. And then sure enough, yeah, he's actually the only playable character in all three discs. Uh, you get him for a while in disc one, and then you think he dies when he gets uh, thrown over a waterfall. Um, yeah. But he comes back in disc two, and then as disc three rolls around, he is the main character. And speaking I love of, to see how... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead oh, I was just going to say, speaking of characters, it's just like... You know, all Shining Forces, they they have memorable characters, right? You know, you got your favorite ones. For some reason in Shining Force 2, I really like Screech, and I have no reason Uh to really like Screech. He's he's actually kind of terrible. He's just an average bird man or whatever. But Uh for some reason, I have an affinity for that character, and I really like Mr. LeMond as well. Um, In this game, the characters, even the the smaller characters, they have – uh, more dialogue than any other Shining Force I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And a lot of them, like, are genuine. They're just, like, full-on characters, whereas the main characters left, m- much like other Shining Force games, more up to you to decide what Symbios is really feeling and thinking. You get the gist, but he doesn't use words to, to say these things. You know, he's a silent protagonist. Um, and I, I, there's almost not a character I hate in this game. There's a couple I'm indifferent to, like Pen, the egg guy, which is... What you know? What a weird way to to get a character in the first place. You have to find chicken feed in a barrel, which okay, that's fine. And you have to do it while you're on this train, and then you have to feed the chicken feed to a chicken that's motionless on top of a box, and he will follow you. And then when you get out of that scenario, he'll just be in your headquarters. The chicken will. And then you can buy an egg from an old couple that were planning on eating this giant egg, and you buy it. And then you can give the egg to the chicken and it'll hatch pen. And then you have to meet him up, meet up with him rather in a town later on and talk to him. And then later on, he'll just join you straight up. So there's all these things that you can miss to not get him. And then he's terrible. He's not a good character. He's uh, actually, he does no damage. I think he's more or less like the yogurt of, um, of shining force three. All the penguins are, Although they unlock, if you get all three penguins, they unlock uh, some other knight that apparently is really, really good. So they're worth mm. getting for that reason if you play through disc three. Um, and then, l- like we were talking about Noon, Noon is awesome, and he's easily missed because you're going through this scenario with uh, all these zombies, and you meet up with this uh, guy named Khan, and Khan is a priest of a Ladre or whatever. It's, I can't even remember what it's called, but he's a priest, and he has this special 
uh, attack that he does where he can turn undead effectively. And he tells you at the beginning of the battle, usually there's a tip off if, if there's, and if someone says, Hey, let me do this, let them do that because it's going to affect the game in some way. And he says, uh, don't kill these people. They're the villagers. Let me turn them. And, uh-huh. The truth, mm-hmm. the truth be told, you can kill all of them except for the one that actually is noon, and it won't affect it at all. But if you kill that zombie that is actually noon, the noon the wizard won't join you, and he is a fucking house. The only thing about noon uh, is his voiceover, because whenever these guys attack, they do these little, unlike the other you know previous titles, they say something, you know. And these range from, like, mediocre to horrifically bad in the case of noon. Every time this guy opened his mouth, I was I'm really noon, really? And I couldn't even understand fully what he said with that ice spell. What is it like? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the delivery is so dry and it's so just utterly <laughs> elementary. You know, I know whenever he casts sleep, he says, spirits, help me. Almost exactly like, just like, and you're like, yeah. okay, great. And then the other funny one was the dwarf. Um, when when he does a special ability, he grunts. And that is something I did want to touch on, too. As opposed to just having critical hits, which you do have, you also learn the every character learns these special abilities that are fucking awesome. That are, like, a lot of times unique to their class, right? Um, yeah, and I wish he had more control over these. I wish yeah. they were kind of like limit breaks where you get to choose when you use them. Just kind mm-hmm. of another thing that kind of plays into your strategy on how, you know, you, you play your battles. Right. Like every time you gain a level, you get to use a special or just something where it's like, you know, it's just more, add more to it. Exactly, yeah. That was that was my main complaint too because some of them, uh, I mean, just deal heavy damage. Most of them you get some like awesome cinematic and then it does a lot of damage. Well, a bunch of them have status debuffs as well. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. power bomb from the dwarf will cause the enemy to be stunned. And that could be super fucking useful if you could just do it whenever you wanted. And there were some times where it was like super clutch where I needed that guy to be stunned and then he would like power bomb him or like, the various freeze spells, there's like the main character has one as like free shot or something where it can cause that person's feet to be frozen in place where they can still attack people adjacent to them, but they can't move. And that's also really helpful because if it's like a melee attacker, like a real heavy armored knight or something, you can freeze them in place and then hit them with your ranged weapons and stuff. So there's stuff like that that, yeah, I wish I could have more discretion on when it got used but at the same time it's so much cooler than just having like a double attack or something those are cool too you know those are in the other shining forces where it will say like um you know so and so attacks again or whatever like that and uh that that's pretty cool but um to be able to like you know and it's not just one ability they learn them as they go and some of them are really cool and animated really well and I, I just thought that was, you know, it's like icing on the cake. They didn't have to do that. They could have just left it just be straight up crits, but they made it to where, like, these are abilities that you learn as well, and they, they're effectively just like a critical. They seem to happen a little more often than a critical will, but still really neat. And depending on the weapon you have, they're different. Um, some, some characters, like the main character, can use daggers and swords, and he can learn uh, skill trees of, like, these things for both. And it's just really cool, man. I was, I was really impressed with it overall. Um, yeah, and all all the characters in this game, like you said, are playable. Like uh, mm-hmm. part two, they gave you just way too many people. Yeah. You're not going to use half of them. This game, 
took the adage of less is more mm-hmm. and they played it off really well because there's not a there's not a bad character here outside of Penn. Um, outside of Penn, yeah i haven't got the last four yet i'm, I'm talking to frank right now yeah he's i got frank man. he's awesome and then then you got two a ninja a samurai then another bird guy which is probably bird people which actually you know there is one terrible one eldar bird people yeah. and in all three shining force they've never really gotten that right if i they're always weak as F. The The one thing that you have to bring them in for is to get those treasure chests that are floating out and about, you know, and that's really about it. And I don't know if you noticed, but there are all kinds of just random hidden items throughout all these battlefields, oh, yeah. too. I got um, my walkthrough, and I'm going through, and I'm finding as much as I can. I've missed maybe one or two, but a lot of mithril. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish those bird people like I understand like they shouldn't have defense like give them like low defense but they should have high evasion and they should have high attack because they're literally Mm -hmm. like rushing their entire body at someone in this game especially because they don't have swords they actually use like their wings yeah you can use swords though can they yeah they 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 just suck yeah Uh, they even even with swords they hit for nothing they. They're just they're this just game bad. did get archers right though. I yeah. feel like in the previous two archers have been man like they were they're really good until they get promoted and then they're just terrible. But in this game you got a guy named Hayward. Yeah. And that guy wrecked shop for me, especially his critical hit or his special oh, yeah. move hit. Yeah. Yeah. He he's incredible. You use him forever. He also has the added bonus of he's able to walk through forests without any hindrance, so that comes into play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then later on you get the the Bonite Justin, who's like a centaur yeah. that's also a Bonite. Very cool. Yeah, there's really, like you say, there's really not a bad character. Um, and there's a lot of them are unique. Ratchet. Yeah, and the Steam Knight. Um, Ratchet, yeah. Ratchet. Although, like, the, the 3D will screw me over, and I'll think I have, like, a clear shot at someone. Yeah. And I'm actually, like, one square too far over to the left, and then I'll, like, hit, hit it real yeah. quick, and I'm like, ah, god damn it. That does happen like, a lot. I need to do the, the swivel. It's, that's just like a... A problem Crazy. of the times is like the 3D yeah. in this game is is old, guys. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. some of the original stuff, and it's kind of hard to see stuff sometimes. Um, it's just you know how it is. But as as far as the characters go, I liked how this game went above and beyond on how you got some of the characters. Like I was talking about with Noon, or like you you mentioned with Frank, you literally have to like physically push him into the headquarters. Um, which is yeah. weird. He's just standing there and he's like, uh, I won't let you move me or something. And like, if you walk into yeah. him, you can move him around and you can literally push him into the headquarters. Um, I'm having some stomach problems right now. I shouldn't eat Benihana. One second. Not- <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. Okay. Yeah, sure. Take your time. <laughs> Uh, slightly, there. yeah, I'm, I'm feeling slightly better. Sorry, listeners, I'll try and edit that best I can, but oh my goodness. It was just like, I went from being like, Blaine's fine and feeling good, you know, to like, mm-hmm. Blaine has to go to the bathroom right now or Blaine will poop his pants. That was <laughs> horrific. And of course, it would happen right in the middle of recording, but like I said, I did eat some Benihana right before we got here, so that's probably the culprit. Oh my God. Oh, but I feel better now. Sorry, guys. Anyway, we were talking about Frank, I think. Um, and just how, in general, all these characters are uh, just really unique in the way some of them 
uh, are gotten and how, and how they're very missable and stuff. Like very early on, Hayward is missable uh, if you let mm-hmm. him die. Um, Irene is missable Irene. if you let her die, you know. And, and not only that, but like, like I was saying in the one episode, like the other guy in the Hayward fight where Hayward fights with you, if you let the other guy die, then he won't be in disc two. And there's things that affect other discs all throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were talking about the baby dragon cave. Um, and I told you not to attack the baby dragon, just like get symbios to the, to the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause if you get him to the, the edge and they even tell you at the beginning, uh, Dentares, he'll say, uh, even if only you make it to the gate, we need to get through here. And that's your hint that maybe I don't need to attack everything and I just need to rush through. And when the baby dragon shows up, you're like, okay, this guy's really tough. He's got a lot of hit points. He seems like the boss, but if you just leave, it'll let you leave. And it turns out that'll become a character in another disc, um, that'll mm-hmm. join you. So little things, man, that just make this game so fucking good. And it, it's just like, it's a tragedy that one, this thing is, as far as I know, it's only playable on the Sega Saturn. Uh, of all the places they've released, Shining Force 2, Shining Force uh, 1, you know, these things are on fucking everything. I was literally at Family Dollar the other day, and they have a new Genesis portable, I guess, and it comes with 80 mm-hmm. games. One of the games on it is Shining Force 2. Um, wow. 40 bucks, you know. And I'm thinking, if they can do that, and they own the they own the rights, they own the property in its entirety. Sega does. How come they haven't released Shining Force uh, discs one, two, three on just a modern system? Do they not realize it? It would sell. Like even if it was just you know, if it looked exactly the same, they don't have to revamp graphically at all because people are chomping a bit to play this. It's a beloved series. Um, and three is amazing. Let's hope that with all this interest in the Genesis, you know, retro mm. console, that maybe you know a Sega CD slash Sega Saturn retro console, you know, makes its debut at some point. Maybe. Now they've taken Sega CD games that that they own rights to, and they've put that on other crap. Uh, my understanding is because of the way the Saturn was built with its like three processors, it, it's very hard to emulate. And as such, it was like super hard to program for. And the Saturn games, the way they had to be programmed, aren't real compatible with anything else. It takes a lot of work to be able to get them to work on anything. That's why there's very few Saturn games that appear on any uh, virtual consoles. Um, and the ones that do are usually these ones that are like hugely popular, or like uh, Radiant Silver Gun comes to mind because that's like a hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you want to import a copy or you can buy it for like 20 bucks on your uh, xbox 360 um and shining force 3 has just never seen that treatment it's weird to me man you know uh yeah i it 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 hurts me too because this is now amongst I don't know, maybe my top 20 favorite RPGs. I don't think it'll crack top 10, but it's close. This this is so fucking good, uh, and I didn't expect it to be. Uh, with everybody talking about it, you know, citing in the forums, he said he remembered enjo- enjoying it, but he didn't uh, remember thinking it was incredible or anything. Maybe he's just not as... Well, no, he did say he loved Shining Force 1, one and 2, so I don't know what his deal was with this one. He mentioned a bridge... Uh, the bridge fight in what is it? The end of chapter three is kind of tedious, and I'm pretty sure that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brutal. like 20 hours in, and it is a long fucking fight, a long big bridge, uh, but you can get through it. Um, 
But, Even that battle where you have a con and you're supposed to attack those zombie people, that yeah. battle was like, come on, give me some more stuff to like fight while he does his thing. Because there's only like five enemies you're supposed to take care of. And right. He does the rest. That gets a little much. But there are so many other like amazing battles that have these little gimmicks to them, like the train battle. I love that battle. Russian. Um, I just got through with the battle where I'm supposed to like split two forces to make sure these two groups don't like yes. you know, join together. Um, yeah. this, this really took it to the next level. Cause you know, shine force one and two, it's like, here's your guys. They're those guys. They're going to come at you, you know, two or three at a time. You just take them out slowly and you get to the end. You kill right, the right. guy, you're done. This has some of those. Yes. But they also have these other things going on, which I think, you know, they could have even done more of. Oh yeah. That train level, uh, man, yeah. that was a thing of beauty. Cause it's like, there's these refugees and then there's, uh, the bad guys. And there's this subset of bad guys that is going after the refugees and you can save them, but the only way you can do that is by rushing Dantare, specifically him. He's the only one fast enough in to hit a switch to make this one train go uh, on a different track to be able to cut off the bad guys from getting to the refugees effectively. And if you don't do that, they catch up to the refugees and kill them, which only changes the story slightly, and it... um, if you do manage to save them, all your characters get uh, bonuses to their experience. They all, most of them will gain a level off of it. But just the fact that that's in there, they didn't have to do that. Um, it, it's just so cool. Yeah. The, and so many mm-hmm. levels have these little gimmicks like that. Just great. I stuff. wish I could have done more. Like maybe yeah. one where like you have to split your party into two groups and one group starts on one side of the map, the mm-hmm. other groups on the other side of the map. And you have to like, you know, traverse the map together but yeah there could have been it, it, they do they, they do enough get there. where yeah maybe i got two more chapters yeah well See, there's it, two more discs too so and two more discs yeah no telling what all the cool stuff the third disc because symbios is a very righteous character uh-huh. uh the scenario two main character the guy works for the empire of uh, adian he's a very righteous character but julian like the star of the the third scenario He's kind of out for himself. He's kind of more of like a mercenary. He's there like as a, for a vendetta mm-hmm. against these like devil creatures. So I'm, I'm curious to see like, you know, where, where they would take the third scenario. Yeah. So angry that it's not, you know, readily available to us. We have to go through, you know, other channels to play that game. But I will. I will. I plan God on is it. my witness. It's... Scenario two and three. It's just, for... I wish it was easier to do. Um. Like, I want to do it on the on the Saturn. I want to do it on my TV. I don't want to do it on my computer. But okay. I know, like you said, with um, you know, getting those discs that wears hard on your, your laser. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to well, do it. Well, they're coming out with that thing that's going to plug into the audio port in the back of your Saturn. I don't know if it's been released yet, but a guy found a way to upload um, games through that. And it took away all the problems that they were having uh, with, you know, making physical fake discs and stuff to where you, you know, no longer have to do the swap trick and all these other tricks that to be able to play, you know, pirated games on uh, Saturn. Uh, this literally will load a ROM and play from a ROM. Um, and he's last I heard it hadn't come out yet, but he had uh, made a working prototype and he was supposed to bring that out in the market pretty soon. I haven't heard anything else. Maybe I should look into it. Because not only would you be able to play all the translated versions 
of you know Shining Force, but you'd be able to play all the other tra- translated RPGs, games like Radiant Silver Gun and all this cool shit because there was so much on the Saturn that came out in Japan. Because in Japan, Saturn was the big system. PlayStation was secondary. Saturn went on to live you know, the life of the PlayStation there, and the PlayStation more or less died out right around the time the Saturn died here. So they have an additional, like, what, three or 400 titles in Japan. Uh, some really great stuff that never made it here. And it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the main That's ones is Discs 2 and 3 for Shining Force. They had every intention of bringing it over here, but by the time they had translated the first disc... Um, it was evident that the Saturn was done and over with. It's one of the very last things that ever got released on the Saturn. And it's just... I, I think that's what put a sour taste in my mouth for, mouth for this game because mm-hmm. when I played it when I was in 7th, 8th grade, and I think when you beat this game, it leaves it wide open. It does. And yeah. the, the one I found out there was there's not going to be a continuation. I like lost your said shit. in my head, like, this game, yeah, this game sucks. Like, I don't want to yeah. play this game. Like, this is... Well, so, I'm, but I'm glad I glad I replayed it now because I've like rediscovered it. And I'm like, no, this game really was. That's really incredible. Good. It's not it's not the game's fault. You know? Right. Imagine there's no continuation. Playing Final Fantasy three slash six, and then you beat the Atma weapon. You wait for Edge. You jump onto the airship, and it says, and then they continued on their adventures. And then you know, check out the rest of the story on Cart Two, and the, then Cart Two never came out. So you don't know what happened to the world other than it went to shit. Uh, there would have been riots in the street. I'm like, my God, right? Yeah, and that's effectively yeah. what they've done here. The only difference being that it was on the Saturn and it wasn't nearly as popular as, say, a Final Fantasy title. Every bit is good, I, in my opinion. I would say this game could have used us. Like Once you beat it, you could start all over again with your characters at their, their levels. Hmm. Uh, you can have all your characters and maybe have the choice of whether you keep the enemies as they were or have like comparable leveled enemies or comparable enemies that you fight against. So you can continue to level your characters up Mm -hmm. um, to like whatever, 99. And then maybe like throughout this game, there should have been like maybe some choices as to whether or not you chose like path A or path B and choosing one path may lead you down to one character and the other path, another character. So, you know, you could do the new game plus and get both characters. If you, you know, so chose right. to just keep you in the, at least scenario one longer to collect all the stuff, all the items, all the characters, see all the different stories. Maybe you have to choose a different side quest and choose everything. That, that... Hello. Oh, sorry. That would have been a good addition. I hit the button on that. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. There was there's definitely more that could be done, but we are talking about a game that uh, it was really innovative for its time because a lot of the stuff that it does do uh, hadn't been done, and a lot of the stuff that you and I are both wanting it to do is stuff that became more staple for these type of games later mm-hmm. on. Um, so you see a lot of the. You know, the, the innovation started here, and and then, yeah, it's like it got better over time as things do. And some things got worse. Like, to me, and Brent touched on this a little bit on his most recent episode of uh, Nostalgia, um, where they were talking about how storylines back in the day relied more on actual story to get things across. And um, 
modern day games rely more on like graphical, you know, enhancements and stuff. And, and as such, um, they don't have to lean on story nearly as much. And subsequently you end up with these, uh, storylines that are kind of wonky at best, these characters that aren't very memorable. Um, whereas on some of these older games, that's all you had. Sometimes you put in your own ideas and your own, you know, feelings into the characters because they weren't as fleshed out. And so, even though they might have less dialogue, what was there was more meaningful. And this is mm-hmm. this is kind of like that. Like, the storyline in this game is really very good. It's engrossing. You get to know all these characters. Um, you get to have a feel for what the Empire's doing, what's going on with your King Beltran, or whatever his name is, and, and all this stuff that's yeah. going on. It's almost a Game of Thrones kind of-esque thing all these different factions all vying for really the same thing and except for some very obvious cases there's like the empire and and the republic neither one is truly evil it feels like they're both just kind of like being manipulated by a a third third party or third group yeah and it's like two sides of the same coin and rather it's not so cut and dry as it normally is in other games and and that's really refreshing um everything about this game is absolutely great I don't think we need to go in what go into whether or not it's worth it. Uh, I th- I think one hundred percent. This is one of the reasons you own a Saturn. You know. Uh, yeah, it is expensive. It's getting there. It's a it's one hundred and fifteen dollars just the disc, and I think two hundred and twenty complete on Amazon. I checked right. this morning. Well, as um, of what was it yesterday? GameStop had a disc only copy for ninety bucks, I think, or something like that. Wow. Um, so if one lucky listener is like, oh, I got to play this now, which, you know, maybe there is, uh, yeah, you check GameStop out. They randomly have, uh, Saturn titles there sometimes, uh, but when they do come in, they usually, uh, get sold almost immediately. Doubled up, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, unfortunately I thought I was going to get a, uh, complete copy of Darkstalkers for like nine bucks because their price is ridiculously low on it for some reason. I was like, woohoo! And yeah, it was, it was sold out as soon as I, like, clicked the thing. Someone had already bought it, and I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, GameStop. I don't love GameStop, but it was the only way I was able to find, uh, Trails of Cold Steel. Now, I'm going to uh, conduct a little test, James. Um, we get a lot of people, you know, as, as we've been doing these contests. Um, there's a lot of people that like and comment on uh, on the stuff that I'm not sure if they're, like, just, like, fans of games. They're friends of mine through my other gaming outlets because, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a collector and stuff. So I have all these friends that probably liked the page at some point that don't really listen to podcasts. And so uh, the guy I chose this month, I kind of think he doesn't listen. But if you are listening, Tyler Campbell, um, send me a message, a private message via any of the number of ways, you know, either through obviously Facebook. And uh, we'll get you that prize for this month, which uh, can be a copy of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Wii. Um or if that's not to your liking or you're already on or something, we can figure something else out. And if you don't contact me, I'll just uh, pick someone new next month and maybe give them additional prizes or maybe not. Whatever. You know, this is free shit. So it's pretty much up to our discretion what we want to do. I did want to ask you, though, did Brent ever get a hold of you? Hmm. Yes. I mean, yeah. he and I are in contact. We're trying to do... I might be on his show, Final Fantasy Legend 2. We're having trouble finding well I, the one day i have like totally available he does not so i told him like hey well let me know when you do it and if i'm available i'll jump in if not um yeah 
Well, man, I, have to, I don't know. Because you're more or less an expert on all the Final Fantasy Legend games. Is you could, I, that's how I spent my childhood. Yeah, so you could you could jump into those without even having to replay, which is nice. It's like me and like Lunar or Snatcher or something. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have to replay this game. I know it uh, piece by piece. Like when I guested Snatcher for uh, Brent and Nick, I played the first maybe chapter or so, and I was it was just like reliving something I'd done eighty two times, and I was like, yeah. I, I don't need to keep playing. Uh, I may have played a little bit more just because I like it so much. But anyway, um, yeah, that's that's all I got for this show. I can't think of anything else. Um, no more. I had I have a few more notes. I oh well, fuck. Go ahead. Throw these <laughs> notes up there. As well, I'll go quick. Uh, I love the accessories in this game because in previous Shining Forces, yeah. um, six rings you could attach to characters, and you have twelve playable characters. But in this game, you finally got like one accessory per person and you even a place where you could buy accessories. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're really cool. Some of them too, because uh, unlike other older uh, shining force games, like a lot of the items and accessories um, you had to like use as an item and you can still do that in this. And there are items that you can use. And then if they break, you can have them repaired just like before, but there's also a number of items that when you have them equipped, they will give you a spell which is kind of yeah. nifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm using the crap out of, uh, God, one of them. What is it? Well, one, I, I know a one gives a healer tornado, tornado and that yeah, one's really useful. Yeah, because Grace is kind of garbage without tornado. Like, she's fine. She's a yeah. healer. Um, but you give her tornado, and all of a sudden you have, like, a pretty competent little mage. You know, she can run around and hit people with tornado. And then, uh, as I said, the sleep spell, I gave that to Noon so he can run in and put to sleep a large swath of, mm-hmm. like, overly powerful enemies like th- or things that can paralyze you, which is fucking annoying in this game and all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And, and, I, and I like that a lot of the accessories are really um, hard to find and one-of-a-kind items, too. Uh, as opposed to, you know, everyone buys the the white ring when you get to, you know, this town, and then on the next town, everyone buys the gold armlet or whatever. Um, there are a Great. lot of unique items, one-ofs that uh, you can only get from dungeon here, or, you know, it's dropped off of this enemy, and you can buy it as a deal and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah good point, James, good point. Yeah. Another thing was promotions, like, in Shining Force 1 and 2, promotions were like something you were thinking about and striving for, for all characters, like the entire game, trying to get as much levels as possible. And in this game, they're almost like put in as like an afterthought. It's like, yeah, you, there's promotions. You can you do it. I don't think there's really a, a, a time you need to do this or not need to do this because they're recommended level 16, but it's weird, right? I didn't. And the good thing about the promotions I love is when you promote your character, you can see, like, the stat. You get a stat boost. You don't get, like, set back, like, in the other games for whatever reason that they put that in for that reason. Mm-hmm. But And then you can't promote anyone after, I think, Chapter 2. So, like, the bulk of your characters come to you promoted. I think Noon is the first one that comes to you promoted. Yeah. And then after that, all the rest of them do. So there's only, like, eight characters, I think, tops you can promote. Yeah, it's not so which is liked it because it wasn't like weren't stressing about it you weren't trying to level your guys up you know crazy yeah you could just promote if you need you know get i i got to level 16 for everybody and then i promoted everyone oh, yeah, that's what i'm doing too but, but the, i don't know why i did it but yeah. it worked and whatever the thing i don't like though is whereas in the older shining forces like 
you really wanted to hold out as long as you could before you promoted one. And two, there was items that you could find hidden throughout the game where you could promote a character to multiple different things. Yeah. You could turn that monk into a master monk, or you could turn that centaur into a winged centaur, etc. right? Um, this game, yeah. the promotions are what, yeah, it's just what you get, you know. There's, yeah. like you said, only eight characters or so. It does change the way they look on screen it gives them a bass uh, a big boost to stats but like you said there really doesn't seem to be a reason to to hold out past 10 although i am for everyone i'm letting them all get to 16 because you'd mentioned that was the magic number so i went ahead and did that um i don't know if it made any difference at all uh but yeah the, i like that I, they made it simpler in some ways too i did like there's this girl named sybil you, you play with she's like dentares and she she was dying a lot in battle like yeah. early on, so she missed a lot of levels. So I decided to promote her at like level ten, yeah. and she elevated herself up to like Dentari's at level like fourteen. So that's why I was like thinking back, like, why am I waiting? Because she is like now just as powerful as anyone. Oh, cool. So maybe I should, but I still am, and but they give you that out. Um, mm. The one last thing I wanted to mention that I wished a Shining Force game would do. They do. I have heard rumors they're thinking about doing a Shining Force 4. Mm. I think I, I belong to the Shining Force Central website. <laughs> yeah, they, they okay. There's like a way you could go into your headquarters and like spar against people or like train there. And you can instead of bringing like all 12 characters, you could like select, okay, I want to just train these four people. I want, you know, these enemies and then we're going to have a little mini battle and we're going to gain levels and that way I don't have to go out and wait for all kinds of turns to develop i could just kind of focus on a group especially in, they should have a cap to like how much you can do so if you have like a, you can't get like one character like godlike it's only like those characters that you don't use very much but you kind of want to okay we have a lot of flyers in this next one i better get all my archers like you know leveled up so i can bring all my archers in to do something but yeah. that's something i hope you know if anyone's listening out there that's working on shining force 4 i think that's <laughs> something we need to have you never like know. a sparring center you never know. Yeah, um, Shining Force, I believe, 1 and 2 handled that with being able to do uh, certain random battles over again. And they just... Or 2 did. I don't think 1 did. Okay. 1, you had yeah. the chapters. That's right, that's like, right. And and this one two, is, is kind of like uh, 1 in that regard then, in that you fight a battle and it's done. You don't ever go back yeah. to that battle again. You can warp out and then fight the same battle again, which is kind of hilarious because there's a lot of points where something very important is happening in the battle and then you warp out and you just get the same scene again as though it never happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's some things like with the goddess statue when they're attacking it, the big gold statue, I was like, you know, I wonder if I was like God levels, like through the action replay or something, if I could go over there and like clean house, kill all those guys and prevent them from killing that statue. Um, that's where the new game plus that's exactly where I thought of the new game plus like what if you like leveled up your bird people super high so you could fly over there and stop the goddess statue from being destroyed maybe you'd get some like god sword or something like that yeah Yeah, I mean it would change the storyline entirely right yeah yeah but it's obviously meant to lose but like well, it could still crumble, and then you get you get a weapon out of it you could use for the rest yeah, of the game. Or something. I don't know, but something. Yeah, 
That okay. Those are all my notes. I wanted to get across. Like, no, you're good, man. I was just pretending to be a, an actual podcaster this time. No, I'm you're sorry. doing great, man. I, I was the one that was like, no, I got to get out of here before I crap my pants again or something. Ah, oh, man. <sighs> good times. Yeah. Good. Anyway, but yeah, it's such a great game. What's guys. our next game? See that that therein lies the question, James. What I was thinking. This is what I was thinking. I was. I really think by this time next month, I really feel like I will have the SNES Classic. Um, I have almost bought it a couple of times, and I've held off because i got to buy this person a gift or that person a gift or whatever. And I was thinking maybe we should cover a game that's on that thing. And the only game that the listeners picked that is on that thing um, is Mario RPG. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that game. So I was thinking we'll tap... Josh Watts, I know he's listening. He wanted to join us on that show, and we could do Mario RPG. And even if I don't get the SNES Classic, I have a uh, working copy uh, for my Super Nintendo, so I, I'll be able to play it regardless. Yeah. But I was thinking it'd be cool if, you know, I, I should have one by then, and if I do, I'll just play it on the uh, the Classic. If not, I'll play it. I'll be the only one playing on the OG, because I think uh, Watts also has the uh, SNES Classic. At this point, I think everyone has the SNES Classic except for Blaine J. Um, but it is what it is. But yeah. That's... I want to get another one so I can hack the other I want to hack the second one. I want to keep one pure and then the other one I want to hack go it. through and get all the games on it. Yeah. I mean, you can just do that on a computer and hook it up to your TV. Yeah, not not the same. Not the same. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm probably going to, if I get one, I'm probably going to hack it just to have all the SNES titles on there. Just Well, I don't think you can put all of them, but I think you can put like 90 or something. Yeah, that's just enough. Oh, that's plenty. I mean, that's I only own maybe 120 SNES titles or something. So, Actually, the only thing I really want on that collection is Star Fox 2. So, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I know, I know it is. Anyway, if you want to reach me, you can contact me at RetroKel, that's K-H-E-L on Twitter. You can write Mr. James Milholland at, uh, it is J Milholland at Twitter, right? Um, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're just J Milholland. Buddy James, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com is the it, most direct way to find me. I check that sure. about once a week. And you can reach me at Belmont at outlook.com. Um you can find us at Retro Game Corps, spelt like Army Corps, C-O-R-P-S. Uh, there are links there that you can contact us through. Uh, Joe found us that way. Uh, listener mm-hmm. Joe, winner last month of, uh, gosh, what was it? Final Fantasy IX, I believe. Good good oh, win wow. on his point. And, uh, yeah, he actually joined the Discord for a few days, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Atari games and stuff. It was, he's uh, I think he said he was like 41 or 2 so he was just a couple years older than me it was kind of nice not to be the oldest guy in Discord for once um, and he's really knowledgeable about the Atari which is something that uh, I'm like sorely lacking like I know more about Atari than like average guy on the street but as far as like gaming systems go uh, that's a, one of the blind spots I have because I, I never really got huge into Atari collecting or whatever uh, just just past my age range you know I was very little when uh, that died so yeah 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 although I do own quite a few 
Eh, cool guy, Joe. I really liked him. And there's been some other new people in Discord as as well, James. Some guy, uh, I believe he's called Protoman, and there's a guy named Elias or something. There's been there's been a lot of new mm-hmm. new blood in Discord talking back and forth. So that's been really cool. And guys, uh, if if you aren't in Discord, it's just a simple app that you can uh, attach to your phone, uh, and and then go on to our sister station, effectively the RPG Show. At this point. You know, I've guested so many times on theirs. They've guessed so many times. You know, we're we're the same show almost. You know, uh, I can't recommend their stuff enough. Uh, they're always shouting us out. The great guys over there. And uh, basically, I just told our listeners to join their uh, Discord. Um, and our listeners, their listeners have kind of, everyone's kind of listening to both podcasts at this point. It's pretty cool. And, uh, we all talk about all kinds of stuff in there and you can find a link to their specific discord, um, on their webpage. If you look up the RPG show.com, actually, I think it might not be the RPG show.com, but if you look up the RPG show podcast, cause I think RPG show is like a, uh, site for wigs and shit, uh, yeah, weird. It stands for real. It's a pretty, pretty cool website. I've spent some time on it. I don't know. Turns out it stands for real pretty girls. Um, yeah, <laughs> weird, weird stuff. But yeah, uh, they do have a website with links there. And if not, just contact uh, James or I, and we'll we'll get you a, a link to where you can talk to us. I'm on there every day. James is on there, you know, quite a bit, at least once a month. And uh, we're just talking about everything game related to just like really random shit. Uh, it will keep you up at night, but you can turn off notifications. So you just do that, and you'll be you'll be good. Uh, yeah, other than that, I, I ain't got much to say. Like I said, listen to our friends at the RPG Show. Listen to our friends over at Playing with Power Podcast, Terra and Lightning, of course, Derek and Don. Hope hope they're coming back soon. Uh, all the usuals, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess that's it. So until then, keep it retro, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Yeah.